is up, Los Angeles? This is Skinny T. Welcome to the Rams Skinny Podcast. I'm not here with my regular host, Ryan Dyrud, but I'm welcoming Chauncey Telis to the podcast. He is a longtime writer for the Los Angeles Football Network and a first-timer on the Rams Skinny. How you doing, Chauncey? Long time, first time. It's great to be here. It's uh, great to have you on. We go way back. Uh, I think you're probably one of the few people in the LAFB that predates me joining the company. When did you when did you come on? God, 2017. Wow, yeah, yeah. I know. It wasn't was until... the Titans, actually, before I got, the Ram- uh, got to do the Rams beat. Oh, but you've been a Rams fan Oh yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like I picked the Titans because it seemed like it was going to be a fun year, and in fact, it was like the boring year, like before oh. the fun, before they got fun. Right on. What was going on in in Titans Nation at that time? So Lafleur had just gone to the uh, Tennessee as the OC, and then they had Demarco Murray and uh, Derrick Henry before oh. he got good. And I'm like, oh, and then Mariota. So I was like, oh, they're going to try to do you know Rams, but uh, you know in the South, and then that didn't happen. Because they were terrible and boring every week. And it was really hard to write the same thing every week. It's like, well, you know, they're fun for a little while. And then... Yeah, you know, that's been the interesting thing coming covering the Rams. Uh, just having such high highs. And coming into these last two years, the right, just writing about these this team has been uh, just a slog to talk about, you know... You know, it's we're like, they're bad again. They're bad again this week. What what else do you like, want me to say, people? <laughs> and it's not even that, honestly. It's I'm. It's really annoying. There's the different the different factions of um of Rams Twitter. Like I know it's it's a lot smaller of a population than you'd think, but like Jesus Christ, it's exhausting. <laughs> like you people can't enjoy anything, and I know, I know. We there's been darker times, but like God, just enjoy little things. Like everything's a five alarm fire. You have like all the people who talk like they uh, they live, they're living and breathing embodiment of like every CEO book ever. You know, like they need to trade Cub and trade Donald. And if you don't think that, that means you work for a company, you don't run a company. Like, okay, dude. Like, all right, chill. <laughs> like everything's either burn it down for the insurance money, or things are just going too great. You guys are dumb. Yeah, like, I mean, it's great. It's great advice for anybody on on Twitter and social media in general. It's just. Just chill, you know. Nuance is cool. You know what's cool? Nuance. All right, yeah. Not everything's a five alarm fire. I promise you. That's that's a t shirt. I think nuance is cool. How was the how was the bye week treating you? Do you, what do you do for the bye week? I mean, it was pleasant. It was just like cool. I can just focus on fantasy. I don't need to worry about like Stafford or God knows who else throwing an incomplete pass. It's like, see, we're cooked. We suck. They need to fire everybody. Like. <laughs> Our title wasn't worth it. Like, see what happens when you F them picks. Like, oh, my God. Like, every talk, week it's like that. Th- this and, has actually been a debate that I kind of go over in my head. I'm a, I'm a Minnesota Twins fan. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Minnesota, other than the Lynx, uh, if you're a WNBA fan, have mm-hmm. there's no there's no championship since 1991. That was the last one. That was, the one. Mm-hmm. That was when the Twins won most recently. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I, I was born in 83, they won in 87. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. 91. That, that's like prime time. You know, eight years old or whatever. Uh, just loving life, thinking that being a Twins fan was going to be that way. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I bring up the championship because, you know, you look at, uh, would you rather be a team like the Vikings? You know, where they're, where they're kind of good. They're kind of, you know, in the in the picture, picture every year, but they haven't won anything. No. Ever. 
really, and they haven't been good enough to to get, even get into the Super Bowl, make an NFC Championship in a long time, um, and even you know th- their ceiling is capped. Whereas the the Rams busted through the ceiling, got the championship, everybody celebrates, and they came crashing down. But would you rather be a Vikings fan or a team like the the Rams, where uh, a fan of a team like the Rams, where you know you're you actually get you get to experience uh, a full wonderful season of, of winning where you're, where you're the last team that wins. Well, skinny T I like championships. I don't like, I don't like to be Charlie Brown every year and not know what happiness feels like. And like last, like what was it? The Packers game was like an idea of like, okay, you need to fire McVeigh. Samuel Jackson says so. It's like, no, they don't like he, this is, this would only be his second losing season in seven years. So five winning seasons, two NFC championships, one Super Bowl win. Uh, not exactly a hack. Like, it's just so annoying. Like, do you not remember what things were like? And then you say that, and then it's like, oh, just because, you know, you had uh, you had Jeff Fisher doesn't mean you should, like, hang on to somebody just because they make you feel, like, less bad. I'm like, that's not the point. Like, there's a culture here, and, yeah, he has his ticks. Like, he's got some bad ticks. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. They're there. But I, I wouldn't fire him unless you can tell me who you'd replace him with and who's a realistic replacement that you think would be better. Those are that's a, that's a fantastic question because that's the same thing with the with the Stafford. We'll talk a little bit more about Stafford, mm-hmm. um, but you know who else is out there that you're going to go out and get? And you know our our colleague uh, Jamal he posed the question: uh, Would should the Rams uh, trade up and go uh, get uh, Caleb Williams in the draft? No, that's <laughs> that one. I saw that was your response, and um, I I just kind of you know. You, you you look over at Kansas City and they're that team where that they're just flying high and obvious mm-hmm. reasons you know the 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 comparisons to Patrick Mahomes are out there you know well we won't know that until he steps onto the NFL field um, but if you know what 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 would the what would cause Kansas City to trade Mahomes you know would you would or would any team trade up at, at this point to go and get Mahomes even seven years into his career. And, you know, it's impossible to say that he's going to be that at this point, but just kind of thinking about it in those terms, what do you think? I, well, first of all, Kansas City would never trade Mahomes under any circumstance whatsoever. Like, nothing. <laughs> Even if they found out, like, some horrible, horrible thing was coming out about his personal life, you know? Sure. Like, if they, yeah, like, nothing. Nothing would get him to do that. They would do that trade every day, and there's no regrets. And for there's no one in the draft. Like I know everyone's like, hi, it's like Penix, McDaniel, what Caleb, you know, Drake, all that, all the, but like I, the Rams need to tackle, man. Like that's where it starts. You know why Goff is good in Detroit? Cause their line is good. Do you know why Mahomes is still good? Cause they invested heavily, heavily in their line. Like look at all, every quarterback. There isn't one like, well, they need a court, young quarterback that can scramble. Like, no, they need someone they can protect. There's no point in getting a fat franchise quarterback. If you can't protect them. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's boring, so, but, like, you know, you can get your guy in round two. Or, you know what, trade up a little bit, maybe. If, like, I don't know, Penix falls or McDaniel is available, whatever. Like, Caleb and Drake aren't the only two, like, and they'll be alls, right? Like, Caleb or Dismay for May aren't the ways necessarily the ways to go. <laughs> I like I, I was liking your writing that you uh, – uh, you come up with a nice. Uh, I don't know. Are they, are they puns? Or are they? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, the NBA does that a lot, right? Like it would be, oh god, like um, 
Why don't they didn't have a good one for Wembenyama? But usually there's always good ones because like tanking is a lot more prevalent in the NBA. You know? Yeah, like, well, it makes a lot more sense if you get one guy on a team of eleven. Then... Well, yeah, they just have better. They just have better names for him. So like, why don't they just do that for football? Like they've kind of started doing that a little bit. And like Caleb for Caleb was perfect. Did you come up with that, or you just see that? I did. No, I did oh. not steal that one. That one Trademark. was me. And dismay, I just went dismay for me because it's it's easy. Their names rhyme with stuff. <laughs> no, your mind works differently than mine. That's for sure. So you can come up with those uh, the rhymes. No. That's what it is. It's not a pun. It's a rhyme. Come on, I can't yeah. even think of the word. <laughs> well, I think that's you know this kind of conversation leads into you know everybody's thinking about the future of this franchise. Sure, everybody's thinking this. You know, the, the possibility of making the playoffs is down around ten percent or so. Uh, mm-hmm. the, on on Sumer Sports, they have a a percentage, and ten percent is right where they are, which is you know not uh, not where you want to be. So, you know, I think I, I'm not a proponent of tanking whatsoever. I think there's too many young young guys on this team that need to learn uh, exactly the, Ram, the Rams way. So, I'm not a proponent of that. But there's definitely questions heading into next year. We're already my mind is already starting to think about free agency, the draft, and things like that. But sure. I wanted I wanted to take bye week to talk about some things that I think are on well they're on my mind at least so and I wanted to kind of pick the brain of one of the great uh, Rams uh, writers out there so uh, the first oh, thing gonna be on the night <laughs> no he went to Disneyland as a matter of fact son of a bitch I love Disneyland. <laughs> he's got a, well, yeah That's, I know I don't <laughs> oh man I'm jealous I've never yeah, been did. to Disneyland. Oh, I actually, so I is it waiting in line, I mean, paying a whole bunch of money for the I mean, privilege? Fine, I get that, but like, oh, it's so good. Like, I've been going since I was little, so like, I'm, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been since 2018 because it's super. Actually, no, I, I apologize. I got to go last year with my, for a work retreat, and it was one of the happiest days of my decade. It's like the Super Bowl and then Disneyland. Those are the two highlights of 2022 for me. Yeah, you got joy in your heart, man. That's uh, actually and that's actually no. I, I hold on. No, I, I can't say that. The actually number one was when my son was born, but that's okay. Like you know, it's it's in the, it's in the top three. There you go. It there vacillates. Go. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little uh, Rams, little Rams talk. Uh, I'm a big uh, PTI fan. I think Tony, sure. Tony Kornheiser is uh, just the the perfect personality that I wish I could be. Sure. Uh, but, you know, no Jewish guilt, uh, no bald head. So I'm stuck the way I am. <laughs> uh, but So uh, big deal, little deal, no deal, Rams talk. First one, first topic of conversation. Uh, Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. injured over the last couple of years. Not a spring chicken. I think he's the second oldest starting quarterback in the league right now uh, behind Aaron Rodgers, who's actually not playing. Uh, Stafford's coming off his uh, uh, thumb injury. That's not that's not the kind of injury that's a kind of age-related thing. But big deal, little deal, no deal, Stafford's age for the next couple of years for the, for the Rams. It's a big deal because it's not just that he's um... – Literally one year older than me. We're birthday twins. Um, yeah, I know. It's him, me, and Chris Rock. It's awesome. Uh, but it's like it's not the years; it's the mileage. You know, if you're if you're an Indiana Jones person, uh, and he's got a lot of miles on him from all the years in Detroit, and then just the post Whitworth offensive line had just been brutal for him, and that shit adds up. 
Like that adds up quickly. And he's starting to tally him up. I was like, last year was his back. And then this year was his hip for a couple of games. And it's the thumb. It's like, well, if they don't protect him and, or if someone just isn't able to play that week and he gets decked, like, well, then what happens? Yeah. And I, I think we saw the kind of response by bringing on Carson Wentz as, mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a guy that can't, Hey, he's, he's definitely not a starting quarterback. I think one mm-hmm. of our, your and I early disagreements was Blake Bortles when they brought Blake Bortles on. Like I call them the perfect backup quarterback. I totally forgot they had Blake Bortles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not a lot of people spend much time thinking about the backup quarterback, but unfortunately I do. <laughs> no, well, um, the Rams should have, by the way, the Rams should have, they should have thought about this earlier. Oh, like, absolutely. I know they were, like, it was just a mistake and I don't understand the Stetson and Bennett pick. Like I, I don't get it. And, and you know, the only time I, I'm okay with people going, well, we had that guy. What do I have? What do we, why didn't we get that guy? It was Josh Dobbs. You know? Well, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, the Cardinals are a trade of this, I guess. So, like, I don't know. Did they have him last? Was, no, he wasn't on the roster last year. So, they, I don't know. The Rams could have picked up somebody. Like, Brett Rippon wasn't the guy. Stetson Bennett clearly has some problems. You know, he's doing his 12 steps, apparently. So, that's good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I and but by the way, they still should have picked him because, like, that was out, kind of out there. So, I don't know why they just abandoned the backup QB position. That was a little arrogant with their part. Well, and it's it's a it's a larger question about kind of Shanahan guys in general is, you know, can mm. they actually assess a quarterback coming out of college as a as a, a, a good prospect or not? You think Trey Lance is gone? Uh, you know, Jordan Love is not looking like uh, a starting quarterback right now. Well, Shan- um, Shanahan originally wanted Mac Jones. Yeah, he's not looking great either. No, uh, did, Shanahan did not pick uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, high in that draft, they had a, they could have picked him up. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm I, I'm also with you on this one that that it, I'm I, I think it's a I think Stafford's age is a big deal, and I I did a, a bit of a deep dive into stats of aging quarterbacks to kind of see mm-hmm. you know what where where quarterbacks drop off. So I looked at Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and I don't think any of them are necessarily great comps. Uh, no, for- um, Ben is in this respect that like his is like the mileage really hit uh, hit quickly, like when it went, it went. Like Matt Ryan yeah. didn't get hit a lot, but Roethlisberger did, and Stafford certainly has over his entire career. So that's a decent enough comic. So Roethlisberger's a bigger dude. It was always a bigger yeah. dude. That was his. That was his bag. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that so it, you know it's it's not one for one, but there are recent examples of aging quarterbacks that kind of played into their late thirties. And for all of those guys, the statistic that dropped off was uh, average depth of target. Um, mm. And with Stafford, that just doesn't apply. He is actually have he has one of the best average depth of target of his career right now. Uh, but the, the stat that has dropped off for him is his uh, throwing or his uh, completion percentage, uh, where he's down below 60% at one of the lower, one of the lower rates for his career, um, which I'm actually how writing. Much is, how much is that about him though? Cause there's three, there's three things that contribute to that. One is this, the running game is always a, is very hit or miss yep. to his line. Um, just has been very piecemeal over the last two years and three, just the play calling hasn't been serve have been of service to that like it hasn't been compensating for the deficiencies in the run game and the line and it just try it's teams are knowing like okay cool like he's going to try to force it to cup too much 
or he's going to try to force it to um, to Puka a lot, and then there's gonna, not going to be a lot to Higby or Tutu, and then when there is, they're not going to be prepared for it. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a valid point, <clears throat> and I think that um, you know it's you know I'm I'm currently working on a piece about the Rams' lack of screen game because mm-hmm. one of the things that they've really struggled struggled against this year is uh, the the blitz. Uh, they mm-hmm. go from the 10th best offense by EPA to the 20th best when they're blitzed Mm -hmm. and they just have no screen game. They, you know, they tried it a bit with Kyron. Uh, He, he, you know, took his eye off the ball, so to speak a couple of times. And uh, you know, they kind of went away from that, but you got a guy like Tutu Atwell. When you look at wide receivers in the screen game, Tyree kills used a lot. Um, The young uh, uh, Boston college, uh, Zay, uh, I always mix up his last name with the other Zay. Flowers. Zay Flowers, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, those guys catch a lot of uh, screen passes. And also, you know, Higby's kind of fallen off. So he doesn't have those sure-handed, um, you know, five-yard uh, easy screen passes that, you know, you look back at guys like especially Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, you know, just dumping the, the, the ball off to Alvin Kamara and just able to pick up big mm-hmm. yards. The, the last quarterback I looked at was uh, Peyton Manning just because his drop-off with, was so uh, evident. And and his his drop-off, his statistical drop-off anyway, came at, at completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I you know, I'm I, I'm not on cooked watch. I'm not saying that uh, Matthew Stafford is, is, is done or anything like that. But, you know, when when the quarterback start, starts to get older, I do feel like you need to get him – um, options like an Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, uh, you know, Tyler, you know, Tyler Higby, uh, uh, rewind three years ago, you know, where he's just, you know, moving the chains, picking up six, seven yards, just open in space whenever they needed him to be. And, and that we're just not seeing that kind of play calling. So with an aging quarterback, you know, unless, uh, you know, if, if you just want him to rip it, I mean, that's we're not we're just not seeing the same thing from Stafford. Um, so, any last thoughts on on uh, Stafford's uh, age and all mm-hmm. that? I mean, with Manning, the drop off also like the neck surgeries didn't help. Like that didn't you know that really shot his arm in the end. Like he had two really good years after that, and then it just it went. It just like that, and yeah. you never know when that's going to happen. And could that happen to Stafford? Sure. I mean, he already had the spine contusion thing last year. That was scary. Um. But he's not retiring because he's still got like two years left on a massive extension. So he's not giving that up. That's why Roethlisberger hung around for so long is because you're not going to just you have to pay back that money. Well, Roethlisberger hanging around probably isn't what Rams fans necessarily want to see. The no, but I'm just saying like that's why. They're like, why doesn't he just retire? It's like, because mm, he's, he's do, still do a ton of money and you have to yeah. give that back. So he wasn't going to do that. I don't care how much he's made. They're never going to give up like. What forty like forty million or two or eighty million in that if it was Stafford today, and like the dead cap would just be horrible. Right. Like if they were to cut him, like people yeah. need to learn how cap works. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, money talks, as they say. I know, and like that's why they're going to be flush with cash next year, just because they took on a whole bunch of dead cap this year. Yeah, just something absolutely. that's been very common in the last decade for us. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with this offseason and free agency, especially. And like, I, I think honestly, 25 is going to be like the last run, the last ride. And then whatever happens after that happens after that, because I think Donald is probably retiring after next season because that's when his deal runs out. 
Um, and then right. a couple only have like two years. So they gotta they if they're gonna make it the last run next year, they have to protect Stafford, and that's where the the failing has been. Like he's not in a vacuum, not bad. Like he can still play, just they're not tailoring the offense to what they have right now and how to protect him and keep him going. Like it's yeah, not as simple as he's washed. Like that's too that's too simplistic. Yeah, I, I yeah I think he's having a, a fantastic season, and uh, again, nuance is cool. Uh, we'll put that on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you mentioned Cup, and you know what's interesting about his return after his his injury is he had a couple of really fantastic games. First one out of the gate, he has. I a, was there for that. Oh no, kidding! Oh yeah, Never. yeah. Duh. Oh, God, how much fun did you have at that tailgate, man? Jesus. <laughs> you know, I was working, so I don't know. <laughs> man. I didn't, I didn't get to go to the game. I watched it at the Chili's across the street, which, hey, guys. Oh, that's tough. I I do uh, I do uh, several unplayed plugs every week on this show. Mm-hmm. If you want to go, if you want to have a really great time and you're not at the game, go to Chili's mm-hmm. across the street from SoFi Stadium. <laughs> it's a, it is so much fun. Uh, full of football fans. Uh, and, I mean, if you can survive the menu, you're in good shape. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, you got uh, uh, $3 happy hour uh, Bud Lights. So, you know, like if, <laughs> if you want to stay skinny tea. Chili. They need that. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, Cup had a, a fantastic game. Um, you know, that was the only game I think we've seen where Puka and Cooper uh, were kind of utilized uh, really well. They didn't mm-hmm. end up winning that game, but um, that was kind of the best performance for the two of them, statistically anyway, uh, when they've been p- playing together. But in the last three games, um, Cup has had fewer catches and fewer yards than he had in that one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big deal, little deal, no deal. Cooper Cup's usage over the last three games. I would say little deal, but we you need to figure out what I mean. A lot of it is the play calling and protection, right? Like there's like the post Kyron, they they did okay running the ball with Freeman and and uh, Hendo, but like the play calling has been such that we're just so erratic and inconsistent, and just doesn't seem like once they get beyond like the the first ten scripted plays that they know what to do. Like it just seems like they're really trying to force speed things, and that's where the the Stafford pick sixes happen. Right, like it's it, you know it hasn't been McVeigh's best year. I'm not gonna I'm not on the fire him train again. Tell me who you're replacing him with that you can guarantee would be better for better for the team and the, uh, culture wise. Not to mention like play calling wise, but he does need to get that under control. Like one of his t- it's one of his ticks is that when he gets behind a little bit or just panics a little bit, then he gets super conservative and then tries to force things and isn't patient. Like that's just that's just part of the gig, and unfortunately, he's not willing to relinquish play calling duties, you know, or whatever. He just needs to micromanage it. And I thought that would get better with Michael Floor being there, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. And I just think it's something that does need to be addressed in one way or another. And it's not Cup's fault. It's not Stafford's fault. It's just the personnel isn't being the game plan isn't being tailored to the personnel that they have. Hmm, interesting. Well, we'll we'll answer I'll answer it and we'll move on because I think having a, a larger discussion about uh Sean McVay is where we should go with this. So I, I'm gonna say it's actually a, a big deal, not uh, in the way that people will think though, 
because mm. Cup's usage when Stafford first joined the team was off the charts. And yeah. then last year, uh, it went up even more. And there was just games where Cup was just getting the snot beat out of him. There and that's was, why he, he got he missed like the back half of the year. Exactly. Um, so, you know, finding a complimentary receiver, uh, his usage coming down, um, I would like to see, you know, more than four catches for, you know, 38 yards or something like that. Um, but, you know, to your point, he's not necessarily being used correctly. I don't, I don't think. Um, but so I think a big deal in that he is now a, a receiver over 30 years old. Um, and he can't carry this offense like he did for the one year uh, where he broke records and, and just had a phenomenal season. He's not. I don't want MVP, but that's whatever. Well, MVP is another discussion where, you know, uh, you know, if you want to have a, the best quarterback award, we can do that. Mm-hmm. But if the yeah. you know, most valuable pair, player doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think that, you know, especially when you find out you have a guy like Puka Nakua on there, you know, let's figure out if we can get those two guys to work well together as a compliment, complimentary football team uh, does. But, you know, I've, posed this, I've actually posed this question to a couple of uh, a couple of folks. And can you think of two receivers on the team that are on a team that are uh, as similar as Puka and Cooper are uh, that are used in a way that they're both getting touches and, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's a back and forth between games, but um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where yeah, I do. I have an answer. Know, as, as, as McVeigh calls it, it's, it's the champagne problems. He's got this problem that he's got two great receivers, you know? Well, I can tell you right now, um, the Waddle uh, Tyreek combo doesn't seem to be having a problem with that. They're very similar dudes. That's... Except Ty- Tyreek's obviously way f- like faster, and Waddle's already a fast guy. But like they sort of function the same. No, that's a great answer. That's the best. That's the best answer an- answer that I've heard so far. So, yeah. So I think I think it's a big deal, and I you know this offense is putting up less than twenty points a game at this point. And yeah, that's the thing. And some of it is play calling, but also like Puka has will have balls on him that he like should catch, but he doesn't. Like once, you know, they don't give two to enough targets in a game to where when it actually comes to him, he's like prepared for it. Like this happens in basketball a lot. If like someone's very like ISO ball heavy, then that suddenly someone has to actually engage uh, on the team. They're not prepared for it. Cause like, Oh, I'm just used to standing here watching like Harden dribble for five hours. You know, now, <laughs> well, now, I, have to, now I have to take a three. Oh shit. Ugh. And then they're not, they miss it. And it's, uh, you know, it, it, in a way it's Tutu's rookie season, you know? He's uh, he hasn't been on the field really before this, you know. A couple last year he had some really big moments, but yeah, this is the first time they're like, okay, we can actually use you and invest in you. And because he missed his actual rookie because he got hurt in week three against the Bucks, and then last year it was like, I don't know, like we'll try you for a a little bit, and it was times where it worked, and then times where it just didn't because he didn't have an actual year to play. All right, so McVeigh. Uh-huh. McVeigh, I I think he's a top, you know, ten top five coach uh-huh. in the league currently, uh, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, there's a lot more to being a head coach than just play calling and being an offensive mm-hmm. genius. He That's came right. into the league, came into the league so uh, so touted and so highly thought of, and and he did that for a few seasons. He did that 2017, 2018. 
you know, got embarrassed uh, by a Belichick defense. Not the first head coach to have that happen. No. Um, but uh, you know, you know, you know, we can we can psychoanalyze for sure, absolutely. Um, you know, is but a thought that keeps popping up is: is he a one-trick pony? Is he? Can he only pull the trigger uh, in certain ways? You know, using you know phrases like when I call running play. I'm paraphrasing here. Mm. Uh, when I call running plays, I feel like I'm wasting plays. Is basically mm. what he said last year. And I mean, you know, in, that's, this, in that case, it was true because they couldn't run the ball. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, you got you got a tool belt on, you got a couple of different tools in there, and you're not going to pull the hammer out to whack the screw in. And uh, I, I'm just not sure. You know, you know, you. I think you've got a lot more invested in it than than I do, and you've probably <laughs> put more more thought into it than I have. I just get stumped because it's like at certain points. You know, he it it seems like he's no he knows exactly what he he needs to do, and then other points that you know I'm, you know, it's befuddling why the play doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I just sometimes think he's so so in his head with stuff. Like it's he tries too hard to you know make thing make things happen the way he wants them to, and I don't think he's doing he's doing situational football enough. <clears throat> like week one was like the perfect synthesis of what that team should be. Yeah. You know, and I know it's it's a mirage. You know, it, it was fake. It didn't matter. You know, whatever. But that was it's not look. it's it's not it's, fake. It's, and it's no it's and against, against the Eagles. They they did that, and they were they were hanging with the Eagles for a while, and then just the wheels fell off because <clears throat> they just would go away from what was working. And I don't understand why that is. Maybe they there is stuff they're not seeing, or the, the what I think Cooper Cooper Cup mentioned this. Um, like in an athletic case is like team like second the second half adjustments are where they're getting bit and you know they're like you know we'll see stuff on film and then we go into the game and that's not what they're running against us you know and that's been a problem like there's been an adjustment issue that they haven't quite addressed and i don't know if the bye week is just the time for them to just you know step back assess and you know like when they were spiraling the super bowl year that's what happened right like they beat the Jags, and they or they go to their bye week, and they um, then they beat the Jags, and then everything's fine. Like they they settled the ship, but I don't know if they can do that this year because they don't have the horses to do it. It's it's gonna be a matter of McVeigh like really taking a step back. What do I need to do? What's going on? Um, and solving the adjustment problem in the second half because that's where things keep going south, right? Like they're they're again the Eagles. They were in it. They were down by like three. I think it was three points. Like three or no? Hold on, I for, it was it was either a touchdown or three points. I forget. Well, you can you can look it up while I uh, go on on my little rant about. I'm not gonna. Go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that um, you know, adjustments into the second half. I I've I've said this point several times on this uh, this podcast where you know there was that famous statistic uh, where Sean McVay when mm-hmm. he was winning. Um, going into the second half, he was undefeated, mm-hmm. which means if you're going into the second half tied or losing, that's where he's losing all of his games. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the the dirty, uh, dark side of that uh, mm-hmm. wonderful statistic. Is that you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you think about the movies, you think about uh, the great sports movies. They go into the into the locker room mm-hmm. down, and the coach gives some speech, and and the and the quarterback you know, gets all excited and they go back mm-hmm. out there and they, they get everything together and they, they pull it out in the end. 
-hmm. And it's, it's like where, if you look at great coaches, the adjustments is where they're kind of, uh, make their long-term bread and butter. You know, you think Mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, Belichick while, you know, you can say anything about where he is now, but you think about those Super Bowls where mm-hmm. those were close games. Yeah, you know there was not a there was not there's not many of them where they're just runaway winners of those games, and a lot of them come none down. None of them to, were blowout. None of them were blowouts. Yeah, none of the and Super Bowls were blowouts. He, he and you know coach, coaching whatever you know coaches you know I, you know it's the players that play the game you know but, yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, they're the culture setters. They're the ones that are, you know, out in front. And they're the ones that have to fall on the sword and take uh, take the blame mm-hmm. or, or get the glory. And, you know, you think about, you know, McVeigh, and there's just not a lot of those examples where they're just out of a game and, and they muster some courage and, and find themselves coming back. You know, Baker Mayfield against, uh, mm-hmm. uh, against the race. That game I was at, and I've never seen so far. Uh, <laughs> so, mm-hmm drain of of Raiders fans faster. The NFC Championship was a a good example of that. Actually, both of them, weirdly. Like, they came back back in both of those. And, you know, in the Super Bowl, they kind of had to come back a little bit because they were, they lost a lot of people. They lost Odell. They were without Higby. They were without, uh, they were, um, they were without Cam Akers, really. I mean, he was there, but not really there. And they were losing yeah. people kind of left and right. They had no one to throw to. Like they were relying on Bryson Hopkins and Hendo in that last drive outside of Cooper Cup. Like they, oh yeah, like Van wasn't out, wasn't really performing either. Like he was, you know, on basically on maternity leave at that point. Like that was that was a game where he had to really dig deep and like figure it out, and he did. And it's he's it's he's capable of doing it. It just I don't see why sometimes it takes like rock bottom for him to get going. Like even the Super Bowl year, they really hit rock bottom, and then all of a sudden, like he was able to pull, they pull themselves out of it, or pull them out of it. Yeah, and that that athletic uh, piece by the great Jordan Rodriguez was fantastic about just talking about adjustments and how mm-hmm. how teams are adjusting to what the Rams do, and it does not, it doesn't seem like McVeigh's got the next card to lay down to kind of trump that you know, whatever the adjustment is. And, and it's not a problem exclusive to him because they ran that stat when <clears throat> the Niners are on their three game losing streak. Right? Shanahan has that problem too. It just, it shows up in the fourth quarter more than anything. Right. Like if yeah. he's down by 10 or more, uh, 10 or more going to the fourth quarter, they have, they can't they have problems coming back. I think they're one in God knows how many in those games, or if they're like tied, it's a little dicier. Like for all of the, you know, the love, the analytics community gives him, he still has that problem too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's well, and he's kind of a different animal because he just kind of throws games away sometimes where it just seems like he's fine with losing a couple games here and there throughout, throughout the season. Um, it's weird. That whole tree. Cause I forget who said it. It might've been like high fits or someone on the ringer, but it's like, it's like McVeigh, LaFleur and Shanahan all decided like Shanahan's like, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to win without a quarterback. McVeigh, I'm going to try to win without a running back and LaFleur, I'm going to try to win without a receiver. <laughs> that's great <laughs> i know i was that's like damn that's that's true man <laughs> like yeah. that's and that's the weird it's like a weird devil's bargain they all made at each other and then zach taylor is just kind of lucky <laughs> like well, absolutely in, getting a guy like joe burrows uh you well, know just that whole offense just the way it's developed i mean a lot of it's obviously him but like and then they have a really good defensive coordinator that no one's hired yet for reasons that remain unknown but 
there's but you know they're in a he's in a good situation where just all that seems to be working and it's just yeah that works i'm curious when the luana rumo train is going to get chugging and uh somebody's going to finally realize he's a head coaching candidate i thought about this because i'm like there aren't going to be a lot of jobs available this time like there was a huge coaching carousel last year this one not so much i mean maybe antonio pierce still keeps the raiders job and if not they're probably not going to go with like you know a defensive guy i don't think they're, I don't know what the hell they do, and then I don't know which jobs are really going to be available because the like, devil is not getting fired. Like all the bad, like Belichick, even if he's gone, when he's gone, you know, it's probably going to be Gerard Mayo. That's been like that's been the thing. The Chargers, I don't know what direction they go in, but it won't be like a coordinator. I think they're going to want like a big head, like a head coach, like <clears throat> Belichick, maybe. Or but like <laughs> other than that, I don't know which jobs are going to be available for him to have, or even Raheem to have, because like he Raheem is a big topic of discussion on Rams Twitter as well. Is usually yeah. not in a good way, unfortunately, and it drives me insane. Well, what, well, I mean, this is a topic for another day. I don't want to get into it, but you know, I've you can you know, quickly touch on it. What uh, what he's done with the, with what he has on this yeah uh, defense is just incredible i thought they i thought the rams were just going to get run over by every team uh you know by the running game by the running back yeah. I just thought, you and got Aaron not. donald and 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 you know bobby brown who's done nothing you got Jonah Kobe Logan. turner man yeah Kobe Kobe turner turner. yeah they were huge they're two studs huge yeah um but you know i you know going back to the the, the coaching tree I, I think that one of the things that plagues them is the smartest guy in the room kind of paradox where mm-hmm. um, no, one, nobody's pushing back on them necessarily, which I think a guy like Sean McVay needs a lot. Mm-hmm. Of. Um, and, you know, I think in that first game, I think LaFleur convinced him to run the ball more and, and kind of keep it. Uh, Arizona one too. That's a big example of that. Like coming out of the second half, like fine, I'll run it. You want me to run it? Oh, actually this works. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. It's like a point taken. And then the week after that, they just kind of like, they'll start out like, oh, cool. He's running today. All right. And then it's like, oh, why are you abandoning this? This is fine. Like, it's working. Yeah. But then I also just think like they're having the reverse problem that um, O'Connell had last year in Minnesota, where just like all the little breaks just went their way. You know, mm-hmm. like Minnesota, like one of the reasons why they won the North is just because all the little, like the fumbles, like went in their hands, like all the close games they want, like they were just able to win. And the Rams just haven't had that luck this year. Like there is an alternate world, you know, where, you know, they, they're actually not, uh, that touchdown isn't taken away from them in Cincinnati and they win. And the Pittsburgh thing, like that was annoying. And um, even like, not the Eagles, I'm not going to use that. That one's insane. But like if they had come out a little bit better in the second half, who knows, maybe. And then against the Packers, like if they had an actual quarterback playing, they probably win that game. Like, it's just so annoying how different their season could be. Like, it's not like the team's yeah. a, a trash fire, like they, everyone thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Remember, we were supposed to have the worst record, us in Arizona. Well, and, and that's why those those losses early on, you know, you think about the Bengals game specifically. The Niners one, too. The Niners one as well, yeah. Those are, you know... You know, you look at you look at the game on paper, and you're you're not thinking, "Oh, this is a winnable game for the Rams." Mm-hmm. But then, as the game is playing out, you're like, "Oh, this is a winnable game for the Rams." And yeah. you know, I, I I call it running through the legs of the giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're just a little guy, and you're able to kind of just kind of squeak through. And you know, with a with a Rams team like they they have, like 
it's so important to get the, those kinds of games where you just kind of you, you you squeak it out, you you just you, you run the trick play, you get the turnover, whatever it is, or you don't turn the ball over in the 49ers case, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's um, but not but then you kind of this the season just kind of moves along, and you've got you know an injury here, an injury there, Ernest Jones goes down, and and you can't really then you come to the Green Bay Packers, and it's like that's a winnable game. On paper or not on paper, that's a game that you can you can take, and three points is just not going to win a no. football game in many many situations. So, uh, you know, then that Bengals game becomes much more important. And mm-hmm. if you you know, if if they had won the Bengals game and the Packers game, mm-hmm. the playoff chances jump up to like something. And the, the Steelers 30- won. The Steelers won. Steelers they should have won. Yep. Like they, they blew that one. And, yeah. you know, I know it could go the other way too. Like, oh, they could have blown the Cardinals game. They could have blown the Colts game, but they didn't. And, you know, it, that's the frustrating thing. That's why, like, I get annoyed. It's like, well, I had this team has been cooked since week two, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, no, they weren't. Like, stop it. Like, just stop. Like, I, it's, I know it's more important to be right than to, like, you know, be logical, but that's the way it is. And it, again, drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I take uh, mental health breaks from Twitter regularly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm doing that. All right. So, you know, you and I are in agreement. Ryan Dyrud is in agreement. This is a feistier team than it should be. We've talked about second half adjustments in games. Mm-hmm. We're heading into the second half of the season. Uh, are there any adjustments that you're expecting that you want to see? And uh, we'll finish it up with just kind of second half, last eight games, uh, record prediction. What do you think? How do you think these this Rams team is going to finish up? So outside of Cleveland and uh, Cleveland, Baltimore, and possibly that last Niners game, all their games are winnable, super winnable. They have a Seahawks team that they already beat in Week One in Seattle, and they're going to their line's going to be healthy again. And I expect them to come out swinging because they always play well against Seattle. Like even last year when the wheels were off, uh, they almost beat them both times. So like McVay does, matches up with Carroll really well. Arizona, I know they have Kyron back, uh, Kyler back, but we'll have Kyron back, and I don't think the Cardinal, they can, the Kyler Murray could beat them. Like that Atlanta game was weird, and Atlanta is also not good on defense. The yeah. Rams are better than the Falcons on defense. I'm willing to say that without being a homer. Absolutely. Baltimore, Baltimore, Godspeed. Like maybe it's the bad Lamar week. I don't know, but that's that just seems like a tough call. Cleveland, great defense, but Deshaun Watson, you don't know because he's also not that good. Like, he's rarely the reason why they win a game. So, doable, but it'll be very hard. Washington is kind of, they're ready They're ready to move on to the next phase of their team. Like, <laughs> Riverboat Ron's probably going to be fired like, the minute the season's over. Uh, the Saints, I don't know, man. Like, they're not, their defense is good. Their offense, not so much. Like, Derek, whether you have Derek Carr or not, they're uh, offense is very stagnant, so winnable. And then you have the Giants who are still going to have DeVito, and you know, <laughs> you know that that's all that's you know that's an ideally winnable game. Like that, that's an easy that's that's not an easy win because it's the Rams, but like you know they should be able to beat a quarterback who lives at home with his ma. Yeah, and it's... then the Niners game they might not need it. Like I would be shocked if like the Niners don't need that game. Like if they have the West wrapped up and like their playoff fate is kind of sealed for whatever reason. Like there's they know they're what seat they're either gonna be the two or the three. Then does Shanahan pack it in? He probably should. Like I'd be dumb to put out like, you know, a team that is quietly very a lot more brittle than people think in a meaningless game. 
So who knows? There's a world where the Rams could finish out like between seven and nine wins. There is a world, but it has to come. <sighs> there's going to be early stupid McVeigh game. I just know there's going to be, <laughs> and, and it's going to be one that or where you kind of least suspected, like maybe the New Orleans one. I don't know, but so I'm going to say they went, they get to seven or eight. I'll go eight. Just because that okay. last Niners game, I have a feeling that's like Shanahan might think, well, we need it because we could possibly get a two seed. I don't know. Okay. So eight, eight went, they go eight and nine, and you know, we're talking about how like the wheels have come, like, have come off and we need to like clean house or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm half kidding, but like they're, you know, with like everyone had us winning like two games this year. So like eight wins would be a massive victory and kiss my ass. <laughs> love it yes okay um yeah i'm looking you know out of the bye week Seahaw- seahawks and the cardinals those are two wins i'm not optimistic against the browns mm. uh, i think that defense is i know is just scary good your, your your hope is that it's just a bad offensive game and stefanski also like does a couple losable things every week yeah, like there's always a couple moments where it's like, well, I'll throw with PJ Walker, PJ Walker here. Is it PJ Walker, or PJ Brown, Walker, Walker? I knew that. Okay, I'm gonna have PJ Walker throw instead of I'm just running the clock out. Yeah, uh, Ravens. I'm, I'm just putting an L on that one. There, they no, are. I, that's what I said. Godspeed. If you if yeah. if you get lucky and it's a bad Lamar week, cool. But like, I don't think so. I think even in a bad Lamar week, this team is, you know, they're, they're just rolling right now. You know, it's, you know, a few weeks down the road, but you know, this is the world of predictions. So. Yep. I'm not, I'm not not chalking that as a win. (laughs) Uh, Commander saints and giants. I'm just going to say, like you said, there's going to be some sort of McVeigh. There's just going to be a bad game. There's going to be a bad Stafford game where he turns the ball over a couple of times, probably against the Giants, maybe against the Commanders. The runway too early. It will be the Giants. The Giants, that's, they're packing it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Um, so my my where I come down on this is I'm saying uh, seven seven and ten is where they're gonna where they're gonna end okay. up. And and I you know when you're not looking at it as a playoff, you don't look like a playoff team. I think. You know, you're you, you got yourself a nice, uh, you know, middle round draft pick, and uh, you know, th- you look better than you thought you were gonna look coming out of the season, um, you're or going into the season, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I think that, um, you know, seven, you know, I, I've always said that the floor of this team is six wins for this season. I thought okay. that, that that would that was gonna be the, the worst that they were gonna come out of the season, so. You know they come out looking a little little bit better, and they you know they should have taken that Green Bay game. Had had Stafford been in that game, it would have been a whole different whole different mm-hmm. story. So, you know, I think uh, I you know I think that uh, my predictions are kind of falling in in line with uh, where they're where they're headed. I don't know. Yeah, and also just thinking about this, like they'd sweep Seattle and Arizona, presumably, like that would be a big improvement on last year. So you go like what four and two in the division, not bad. And you probably should have been five. It probably would be five and one, maybe six and zero, oh, depending on that week eighteen game. Because again, we don't know how we don't know how much they'll need it or really want to have it. You know, for like, sure they could just they could just be like, okay, well, I guess we're a three seed. There's nothing we can do about it. You know, whatever. Because um, they're gonna it, it's gonna be depending on that eagle the Eagles Niners game in like week fifteen. It's gonna tell us if they're gonna play in week eighteen or not. Yeah, that's a great call. Uh, great place to end it. Uh, plug your stuff. Uh, tell us uh, where we can read you or where oh we can listen to you. And... I mean, 
you can you can read me on uh, LAFB. It's a wonderful website brought to you by our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. And also listen to my show, LA Confidential. It is LAFB's late night podcast, I call it. Because it's basically it's basically the last call of Carson Daly of uh, a podcast. It's, our, it's your Wayne's World. We do we do all the LA sports, Rams, Chargers, uh, Lakers, Dodgers, a little bit of Trojans and uh, Bruins. Uh, then we do we'll do super. We cover anything going on in the world of superheroes, and then the movie world a little bit. Excellent. We, we share all the cool stuff we watch during the week if there's anything. Right on, man. It's, it's a fun variety show. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's like like a you know late night uh, AM radio, you know. Yeah, it can get a little AM radio. We I would I would say it's I would just ever, say it's more more Wayne's World. Do you ever? Oh well, that's fantastic. So, uh, one of the great movies of all time, uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, well, thanks for coming on. I, I was thinking about AM radio, and I was going to ask you, uh, you know, do you ever veer into like conspiracy theory talk, aliens? Uh, no, New World Order. No. I have very little patience for conspiracy theory people. I just I do. That. It just I, dri- that stuff drives me insane. Like, because <laughs> it's like, do you hear yourself? And do you hear? Do you hear how many like um, how many knots you tie yourself in linguistically to get to prove your point? <laughs> so I, I like to try conspiracy theories on just as thought exercises, just to see where mm-hmm. it takes my brain. Here's here's mm-hmm. my favorite one that I've kind of. Uh, developed for myself and feel free mm-hmm. uh, to pick it apart mm-hmm. at some time. But uh, sure. octopuses are aliens. No, they're cephalopods. They're <laughs> part of a, a larger, a larger animal species. Like if there weren't weird. other types. So, I mean, cephalopods, cephalopods are, are, there's squids, there's octopi, there's other, uh, I don't know. There's a tons of different kinds okay. of uh, animals in that family. There's way too many of that species for it to be aliens. It's not the abyss. We don't know that though. They cut. They we've never taken pictures of the giant squid. You know, alive. Yes, they have. Alive. No, dude. Yeah. Well, there's anyway. there's, been, there's been there's been footage of them swimming like uh, swimming at the at the surface. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> okay, it's on you. You can do, find do it on YouTube. Do your research. Net- Nat Geo, okay. Big Nat Geo is is feeding me propaganda. The giant squids are real. I like that part. That Big Nat Geo, that's my new conspiracy theory. No, yeah. uh, nature doesn't exist. Actually, we live in a we live in a simulation. Hey, man, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right, Los Angeles, take it easy. Uh, Skinny T is going to be around uh, twice a week going forward. Always. Forever and ever, probably. Uh, As long as there's the Rams, we'll be here for you. Take it easy. Thanks so much.